The Denver Broncos bye week blues continue, but Sarah Benger and myself, we're going to go back and we're going to take a look at the offense. We're going to grade the players by position. We're going to talk about what they need to do better in the second half of the season, where they can grow on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and also make sure that you are locked in every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day. Sarah, my friend, hey, it's great to see you. Uh, obviously a little bummed out that there's no Broncos football this weekend because, look, there's always storylines that we could delve into. So right now, while the players are off and the coaches are off and hopefully there's some self-evaluation going on there, we get to talk about the first half of the season really from a greats perspective. And we're going to do that today. But first off, my man, how you doing? Cody, you know, I'm doing really well. I just turned 32 yesterday. Uh, so it's it's kind of been just a slap in the face of reality, right? You know, the I see the sand timer going. I can see all that's coming, compiling in the bottom of the sand timer. And I also, you know, I also lost both my fantasy matchups on on the Monday night football game, Debo Samuel, who I know you were rooting for. I was got me against win. Debo. I know, man, you're one of those people, man, that I'm that I'm just, ugh, you know, but all, sorry, all things considered all as well. I, yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. But uh, all things considered, everything is going really great. Well, I'm ha- I'm glad you had a good birthday, my man. Obviously, very blessed to have you here on the podcast. I know Broncos country appreciates you. I don't know if they appreciate you as much as I do, man, because I got a lot of love for you, brother. <laughs> but the show must go on. Right. And, and obviously, as we get into our grades, we're going to talk about from the first half of the season, the Broncos are going to the bye week at five and five. I, I wanted to talk about Vic Fangio's presser comments on Monday. And look, this goes back to Teddy as well. And I know that uh, this is going to be the talking point. Teddy came out and said the coach Fangio had called him out in a team meeting uh, about the lack of effort on the tackle there to stop Darius Slay's 82 yard touchdown return. Uh, and he said that he takes accountability for that. But, you know, Sarah, part of me going back on that, and even just seeing how Teddy played Vic Fangio flat out said, because he was asked, you know, are you thinking about making a switch to Drew in the second half season? He says, no, Teddy's our quarterback going forward. So uh, at this point, I think we all have to accept that Vic Fangio is going to live and die on the hill of Teddy Bridgewater for the future of his coaching career as the Denver Broncos head coach. I don't think this is going to amount to anything. And, you know, we've seen all that we can see, but we'll dive in a little bit later. But just initially your thoughts on, on that, because to be honest with you, Sarah, I, I honestly don't know. I don't feel like Vic Fangio really called him out in front of the teamers. I mean, that's just me guessing here, but it just seems kind of like the, the easy way to say, or the PR spin to say, Hey, you know what? Yes, I got to do better, but I don't know. I just don't buy it, man. I really don't. It's hard. I know. I, I'm with you on that too, Cody. It just feels like they kind of saw all the outrage on Twitter and then decided to come out and make some really, you know, apologetic statements about it. And, and I think they said the right things, right? But it'll it'll take us another however many days now until the next game till we get to see how much they truly mean what they said, right? And that's the that's the whole thing with this type of deal. It's like you can say 
anything after the fact, but it's your actions that really matter in a situation like this. And I think with Fangio, you know, we talked about on yesterday's show, the, the, the percent chance somebody asked, what's the percent chance you think we'll see Drew Locke this season? And I put it at like 5% or less, you know, 5 to 10%, something like that. And I think that's, you know, a barring injury, it seems like that's going to hold true. Like you said, yeah. Vic Fangio seems willing to live and die on the Teddy Bridgewater Hill, which is is a bummer in terms of just getting to getting to see a little bit more of drew lock you know and people can joke all they want to about drew lock throwing interceptions or fumbling or whatever the case may be but the reality is the broncos aren't scoring points with drew lock with teddy bridgewater it hasn't really mattered so you can have your your great completion percentage and and all that stuff i I mean it's just it is what it is at this point it's it's kind of just us as broncos fans or analysts putting our hope in these numbers turning into points eventually so one way or another, you got to have hope in something, right? That's the way that I see it. False evidence appearing real, my friend, is what we call that. And, and that's a perfect segue into our grades here. I want to start off with quarterback and running back here. And I think at the quarterback position, factor in Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Sarah, I'm going to give him a C- minus for the first half of the season. I think that there are some things that he has done well. I'm not going to discount that. I thought he was very instrumental in the Broncos starting off 3-0. and And the Teddy Bridgewater we started during a 3-0 start, we were all thinking like, wow, okay, hey, look, this is efficient football. And, you know, he was putting up points. He was testing the ball downfield. And then we've started to see a little bit of that regression there. Uh, His mistakes have hurt the Broncos in a big way, but I'm also not going to say that he hasn't been a reason they got five wins so far here at this point. He's been monumental in that regard there. But his play right now, it's not even average, Sarah. It's below average in terms of the standard, as you mentioned. The Broncos aren't putting up points. Teddy's a big part of that. Definitely. And I think that's a fair grade. I mean, a C minus, if I would have come home with a C minus on my report card in school, my mom would have been really upset with me. So I think that's definitely uh, room for improvement for Teddy Bridgewater. Like you said, there, there were some games and there was times when we talked on this podcast, we were talking about the hypothetical, right? If Teddy Bridgewater continues to play like this, the Broncos are going to win a lot of games. That was the talk for probably about half or less of the games before the bye week. So I would say a C, C minus is a very fair grade for Teddy. There were some games that, I mean, just flat out, he lost the Broncos a couple of games and including, I would say this most recent game against Philadelphia. I think he, he maybe didn't necessarily lose it in terms of, you know, losing a fumble or losing an interception, giving the ball away. But man, he didn't do enough to, to bring the team to victory when they needed it the most. So I think that's a fair grade C, C minus for Teddy Bridgewater. No, now let's talk about the running back position. And I think that a lot of people are going to look at the Broncos offense here. And I had to go through and look at it position by position, not factoring in record, but looking at just how these guys look. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Sarah, I'm giving this group a B. You know, I want to give them higher, but obviously I think production matters. I think then what we've seen when the Broncos, and this is this grade has nothing to do with them. I mean, I think that what they've done this season has been fun to watch. Those two backs together are a fun one-two punch. It's how the Broncos have utilized them inconsistently, I think, that has hurt them in terms of the overall perception from everybody else. I'm going to give them a B grade. What we're seeing from Javante Williams, when we talk about ball carrier vision, uh, breaking contact, hitting the hole, maintaining, securing the football. That's obviously something that the Broncos backs have to do a better job of, obviously coming off of Melvin Gordon's fumble here. But I've been impressed with these two as a duo. And I don't think that, yes, while Melvin Gordon fumbled against the Eagles, I don't think that should be a reason used against him why you shouldn't bring him back. Obviously, he has to improve. Now, everyone, every running back is going to fumble, Sarah, at some point. They're going to give up a fumble. Okay, I get it. I get that's the gripe there. You know, Sarah, these guys have been a dynamic duo to watch. And I think that you could see a lot more from them depending on how the Broncos plan to utilize the backs going forward. I think 
think a lot's going to have to change with the offense. But I'm going to give these guys a B grade, Sarah. What grade do you have for Javante and Melvin? I, I like the grade of B. I'm going to go just a, a B plus. You know, I, I think that we've seen some really good stuff from both of these guys throughout the season. Really, the the running backs, you know, they've been the really consistent part of the offense, I would say, for the Broncos, which isn't really saying a whole lot because nothing has been super consistent. But I think week in and week out, you can count on either Javante or Melvin or both making at least one big play dating back to week one. And, and they both have a fumble this season, if I'm not mistaken. I know Javante had the fumble near the goal line early in the season, and then obviously Melvin had his recently. So, uh, and, and both of those resulted in big plays going the other way. So I think that there's definitely – they're not at the point of perfection just, just yet, right? I mean, that we've seen progression these last two weeks to the point that I think that we have reason to believe that this is going to be a, a tremendous tandem going forward for the rest of this season. But at this point in time, I think there's just, there's just a little bit of a cap on giving them an A grade. We've seen some really good stuff from Melvin Gordon as a receiver. We saw Javante take a screen pass against Cleveland for a touchdown in their attempt to kind of come back in that game. So I want to see more from these two guys as receivers, and I want to see more consistency just in terms of picking up those big plays via, you know, when the running game is, is going like it has been the last two weeks, I want to see more of that consistency throughout the game yep run broncos run that's the mantra here for the second half of the season we'll see if the broncos can do that but big part of that's going to be the offensive line and coming up here in just a moment sarah and myself we're going to grade the broncos offensive line through the first half of the season and it may surprise some of you we'll tell you why coming up here in just a moment but let me tell you about get upside the sponsor of today's episode lockdown broncos and if you are like me or like sarah like anybody in this world you probably don't like having to pay full price at the gas pump especially with the rising gas prices that we see all across our country well let me tell you about a way that You'll never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. And that is the Get Upside app. And ladies and gentlemen, you can download this app for free in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And you can get access to never have to pay full price at the pump ever again. Because every time you go and you fill up and you use the Get Upside app, they're going to give you 25 cents per gallon cash back every single time you fill up your tank. And if you use promo code touchdown today for your first fill up, they're going to give you an additional 25 cents per gallon cash back on top of that. So that is 50 cents per gallon cash back that you will get per gallon on your first fill up today with the get upset app. So make sure you check it out and they make it super easy for you to connect your bank account, PayPal. You could even cash out with Amazon gift cards or other brands. They allow you to do that with the get upside app. So get into the game today with the get upside app. Once again, promo code touchdown gets you an additional 25 cents per gallon cash back today with the get upside app all right sir jumping into the second half action on today's episode lockdown broncos just want to give a shout out to broncos country thank you so much for making lockdown broncos your first listener today please do us a favor if you haven't done so already make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications here on youtube or your favorite podcasting provider so you never miss out on a day's worth of denver broncos news content and coverage sarah and myself we have you covered all year long talking all things Broncos. And obviously as the season goes on, there's going to be a lot of storylines. So make sure you're in and you're locked on to what we have going on here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But Sarah, let's continue our grades here on today's episode of the show, my friend. The offensive side of the ball, we'll focus on the defense tomorrow. We talked about quarterback. We talked about running back. And obviously there are some things at quarterback that have to improve. The running backs are some things that the Broncos, I think, can do to improve the utilization of these guys. Let's talk about the offensive line here. And just before we got to this segment, I had said that many Broncos fans will be surprised 
by what we have to say here. But, Sarah, I think that everyone's looking at the Broncos' offensive struggles, and I think that for the most part, if they had to give the Broncos' offense a grade as a whole, it might be a C-. minus. It could be even a D plus, right? But I do think that we have to look at positions a lot differently, okay? Because what we see is we see outcomes, we see statistics, and it can skew a lot of things. I want to talk about something here for the Broncos. It kind of ties into Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater has the second most time in the NFL to throw the football. Okay. Keep that in mind. Right. So you see his elevated stats. He has this time he's resorting to the check down, which is why his completion percentage is very high. He also has the most, the highest completion percentage on third down. However, he also has the lowest third down first down conversion rates, right? So on third down, when the Broncos need a first down, he's not picking it up, even though he has a very good third down completion percentage because he's throwing it short. This is where I think things get misleading when people say, well, look at Teddy's completion percentage. It is very skewed. And if you watch the games, you know exactly what Sarah and I are talking about here. But I do want to point out that the offensive line, despite some of the things that they've dealt with this season, I feel like they have improved week by week. And I think they've actually been a very surprising unit, probably underrated in terms of the amount of credit that they get. Now, yes, the Broncos have given up sacks. But in my opinion, when you go back and you watch the tape, a lot of it is a product due to Teddy Bridgewater holding on to the football too long. And that is something that happens in the pocket. We've even talked about with Tim Jenkins, where he steps up into the pocket, whereas footwork isn't necessarily a three-step drop or a five-step drop. Sometimes it's a it's a one skip, and he's stepping up right into his center or to the guard. That's happened several times. And look, there's times where also I think Dalton Reiser's gotten beaten some one-on-one situations. But Sarah, let's talk about the offensive tackles first, right? If you had to give Garrett Bowles, Bobby Massey, and even Calvin Anderson, I mean, just that whole collective unit, what would you give the tackles this season for the Denver Broncos in the first half of the season here? Well, Cody, I'm giving the tackles an A-, minus, and I think that that is, you know, like you said, maybe going to surprise quite a few people. I think the Broncos' offensive line as a whole has played extremely well. Like you said, better and better every single week. Yeah. Bobby Massey has been a really nice uh, free agent signing for the Denver Broncos. He won that right tackle battle out of training camp with Calvin Anderson, and he's played pretty pretty darn good for the Broncos all season long. Garrett Bowles has obviously just continued to play well. He's struggling with an injury right now, so he hasn't been out there on the field. But Calvin Anderson, for two games now, stepped in. He's done his job. He's been helping keep Teddy Bridgewater clean. So I feel like these tackles are all doing their job. They're all doing yeah. enough to keep Teddy Bridgewater clean in the pocket as, as long as he needs to for the most part. And what more could you really ask for from from your offensive tackles, right? I mean, I, I don't think you can expect all of these guys to be getting all pro votes by the end of the season. But at the same time, if they're out there doing their job, both in the run game and in pass protection, to me, I feel like A minus. They're not quite perfection, which would be A plus. And I don't think they've been a solid A, just like every single week, consistently really great. But I would say A minus based on expectations for everybody, based on the fact you've had a rotating Calvin Anderson, based on you know Bobby Massey really playing better than I think a lot of people expected coming in as a low price free agent. So I'm going, I'm going a minus for the offensive tackles. Yeah. And I would say every single tackle too has had like one play where they've given up. I think for Bobby Massey, the one that stands out to me is against Odafe Owe against the Baltimore Raiders. He just got beat by the speed rush, plain and simple. I mean, Garrett Bull, sometimes he gets beat. I mean, you're going to get got in one-on-one situations at times, ladies and gentlemen. It happens to literally every player in the NFL. When you have a one-on-one, you're going to get beat sometimes. It's all about how you come back and respond. And just, I think for the most part, the tackles have been very consistent for Denver. And I also, 
also just want to go back to the point here. I'm going to make it again. When you as a quarterback have the second most time to throw in the NFL and you're still getting hit a lot, it says a lot more about the quarterback, in my opinion, sir, than it does about the offensive line. Even though the offensive line has had some other issues here and there, they have been probably the most underrated part of this Broncos offense, despite all the pieces that are rotating in. So I spot on with you. I agree with you there. Let's talk about offensive guard interior line. You know, Lloyd Cushenberry, I think he has improved a lot this season. There's still some times where I think he has a couple of lapses where he sets back and maybe forgets to keep his feet moving. He gets pushed back a little bit. Or, you know, I think communication on the interior. And not to mention, you know, you had Graham Glasgow in there one week. He goes out. He misses a couple weeks. He comes back. He gets hurt. And so you just had constant rotation at right guard. I think the Broncos have their guy right now in Quinn Miners. I think if he can stay healthy, he's probably going to start the rest of the season for the Broncos. I think he'll probably get the starting on next year for them as well. Left guard Dalton Reiser, as I mentioned earlier, I think he's had his struggles in some one-on-one situations there. He hasn't played up to the standard. I think he even has for himself, but I think that in the second half of the season, it's something I'm looking forward to maybe watching him improve on and continue to do it. There's things he's done well, but it goes back to consistency, Sarah. So what are your thoughts on the Broncos interior line here? I, I am in complete agreement with you, Cody. It's it's tough to give this a unanimous grade because there's been moving parts, right? I mean, Reisner yeah. was hurt for a bit. Um, Glasgow has been hurt and got hurt for a season ender. So, uh, but all things considered, you know, Muti steps in, Miner steps in. I, I think they've done a really, really good job considering their age. You know, Dalton Reisner, it seems like people forget he's a third-year guy. Feels like he's been with the Broncos for like 10 years at this yeah. point, right? But he's still just a third-year player. And, and he was pitched coming out of college as a really pro-ready guy. But, man, he's a third-year player who played right tackle in college, and, and he's moved to left guard. So he's still he's still working his way there. I think the better days, the best is yet to come for Dalton Reisner, in my opinion, and certainly for Quinn Miners and, and, and Lloyd Cushenberry, the guys that you mentioned, Cody. Those two guys, I think they're the future at your position. And I think, for me, I look at this interior line group from the lens of like the optimism for the future. So I think right yeah. now they're doing a really solid job and, and I think they're progressing well week to week. I, I don't think that the Broncos interior linemen have imposed their will every single week by any means. I think they have given up some ground, like you mentioned, losing some one-on-one matchups, but man, uh, watching over the tape from the Dallas Cowboys in particular, Lloyd Cushenberry really, really stood out. Quinn Miners had a really nice game. I thought against Philadelphia, you know, they had they have a tough defensive front, Philly does. So I think the Broncos did a great job, all things considered, in that game. And, and so I'm giving them a solid B so far this season. The interior line, all the moving parts, different players, young players kind of stepping in. And I think the the rotation really being solidified for the future right now. You got your three starters that are in there right now from left to right, Reisner, Cushenberry, and and Miners. I think you're you're spot on with that, Cody. I think that's the future on the interior line for the Broncos. Yeah, and we go back to talk about that overall whole grade for the offense and the perspective of that. I think that there are three position groups on the Broncos' offensive side of the ball that have actually been really good for them this season, underrated for the most part. We talked about running back. We talked about offensive line. We'll come on up here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the skill players here for the Broncos' offensive unit and where they grade out in the first half of the season. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two other sponsors. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, first off, starting off with our favorite protein bar on the market is Built Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you 
what. When you need a protein bar that tastes legitimately like a candy bar, it's soft, it's easy to chew, it's covered in 100% chocolate, it doesn't have that chalky taste like other protein bars. Built Bar is where you need to go, ladies and gentlemen. And with Thanksgiving coming up, we use the analogy here where the average slice of pie is about 300 calories. But, you know, I, Sarah and I, we're going to dive into a lot of slices of pie on Thanksgiving here next week, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, we like to substitute that for Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen, because the bars are the healthiest protein bars out there on the market today. Each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar, not to mention they are great tasting. My personal all-time favorite is peanut butter brownie, and I love the churro puffs. When those are available, I know Sarah has his favorite flavors that he goes to, and you can find your favorite flavor at Built.com. Get you and your family a box today. You can choose a mixed box of all the nine flavors, or if you have your specific flavor already, you can get a box of 18 bars of that flavor delivered directly to your door at Built.com. And when you go to check out, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. And our good friends over there at BetOnline.ag. And as we head into Thanksgiving, we head into week 11 of NFL action. The Broncos don't play this week, but you can play with BetOnline.ag. And they have a brand new web interface that makes it easier for users to navigate the site to find the latest odds, props, and contest information today. BetOnline.ag. And they remain the number one spot for all things pro basketball and pro football this season. So head to their new updated website and check it out today on your mobile device or on the website betonline.ag. And when you sign up today for the first time ever, if you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to get a 50% welcome deposit bonus on your first sign up today and your first deposit. Once again, promo code LOCKDOWN gets you a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag from your favorite Vegas casino games, football, basketball, all your UFC and MMA action. Don't miss out on all the amazing offers that BetOnline has for the 2021 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, sir, jumping into the fourth quarter action today's episode Lockdown Broncos continuing to grade the Broncos offensive units for the first half of the season. Broncos country, please feel free on YouTube to comment what your grade is for quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. We can't wait to interact and share our thoughts with you as well in the comment section here on YouTube. But Sarah, continuing on here, we're going to get to the skill players here. And I think one of these units is spectacular. And I think that they're they're suffering. I think maybe both these units are suffering due to the inconsistency at quarterback play. I'm going to go at wide receiver. Now, yesterday's episode, we talked about Cortland Sutton ad nauseum about how he needs to be featured a lot more on this offense downfield. He needs more targets. He needs more looks. Plain and simple. I mean, he's one of the top NFL wide receivers that you have here in the league, and he's got no contribution because this is an offense, and this is a quarterback that's not going to test downfield here. Uh, for wide receiver, sir, I gave the Broncos overall unit a B plus, and the reason why, I, I talk about Cortland's impact. We talk about Tim Patrick. I feel like it's been very balanced this season. Having Jerry Judy come back has been nice, but even just the contributions of guys like Deontay Spencer, Kendall Hinton stepping up. I mean, this is where the Broncos, I think, have benefited the most from having this depth here. They have done a really good job, in my opinion, Sarah. And when I talk about that, I'm not talking about just catches, touchdowns, receptions, and targets. I'm talking about what these guys also do when they're run blocking. I mean, we see a very physical presence from Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and even the other guys get involved in the blocking game really well. I'm going to give them a B plus. I think they've been one of the most underrated units in the NFL in terms of what they have as skill players and the talent that they have. But lost in the shuffle, I think, for them is the overall inconsistency of the Broncos' offense in entirety, and a lot of it's at quarterback and a lot of it's at play caller. That's spot on, Cody. And to me, I 
I think for wide receivers, you're you're exactly right. What you're talking about with the quarterback position, that's affecting everything these guys are doing. So to me, you have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy. You had K.J. Hamler earlier in the season. You've had Kendall Hinton stepping up for some big plays. And I think this this wide receiver group has done its job. They've done their part. B-plus, I think, is a really fair grade, all things considered, with the quarterback position and Teddy Bridgewater playing the way that he has, not really, not really being – I don't want to say intentional, but he really hasn't been intentional for lack of a better term about getting the ball to these guys on a consistent basis. We've seen some big games from each of these guys individually. Uh, Jerry Judy week one, we, we talked about this kind of in the early goings of the season. It seemed like a different guy was being featured every single week. Cortland Sutton week two against the Jaguars. Tim Patrick ha- has had his games and he's been the one of the guys that you can rely on to actually get into the end zone and score touchdowns for this offense. So to me, this wide receiver group has done its job. Kendall Hinton making a couple of really nice catches this season at key points in victories, too. So he's done a really good job. B-plus, I think, is a very fair grade, and I hope we continually see, as we talked about on yesterday's episode, when we talk about what do we want to see from this team going forward, I want to see more productivity from the receivers. I, I wish the Broncos could throw the ball 50 times a game and run it 40 just so we could see how all these weapons could work with high volume on a weekly basis. Obviously, that's not realistic. But man, you would hate to see the season go by and wish, man, I wish Corlin Sutton had got more targets. I wish Tim Patrick or, or Jerry Judy had got more targets. And and that's what this, this team needs to focus on. That's the strength of your roster. That's a, a major strength of your roster. And you refuse to trade Tim Patrick when you had you know, the opportunity to get some value for him. So if you're not going to re-sign him, I mean, you might you got to get the best use out of him while you can. Or if you are going to re-sign him, you know, make sure he knows that he's going to be valued in this offense going forward. Spot on. I love that. I mean, I, I don't think I could have summed it up perfectly than you did. You did a fantastic job there on that. I agree with you. I think a lot of people in Broncos country agree with you as well. You know, Sarah, now I want to talk about tight end. I think this has also been a position I've kind of been disappointed with. Now, we've seen some flash plays from Noah Fant. We've seen some flash plays from Albert Okawebunan. But this has just been a position group that really hasn't been featured too much in the Broncos offense this season. We've seen a lot of 12 and 13 personnel when everybody is healthy. But we mainly see these guys blocking. And we look, we're on record here. Look, Noah Fant's got to improve as a blocker, plain and simple. You know, I know he was not drafted to be a primary blocker. But, man, even just watching Monday Night Football, watching George Kittle come out and just absolutely absolutely dog wash Von Miller. You know, he had some help with a use check, but outside of that, I mean, he's a guy that's the most physical blocking tight end, I think in the national football league. And he also has a production level in the, as a wide receiver as well. So I, you know, I like to see that utilization happen a lot more with Noah, even though that his strength right now is not as a blocker. He asked to improve on that. There's no discounting that Eric Saubert, I think has been very underrated from the standpoint of how he's been utilized there. You know, he only has maybe one target per game on average. And usually it's a pretty decent, you know, five to six yard catch, but he's been the Broncos best blocking tight end. I think Albert Okwavenham's actually improved as well as a blocker. So these two eggs have been featured as blockers, but for the most part, Sarah, I just, we haven't seen enough out of this unit. And I don't know if that's by proxy, by feature of the Broncos offensive scheme, but you need to see more from them. And I can't give them a higher grade than a C right now. Yeah, I was going to say C as well, Cody, and I think you're you're being really fair with that assessment there. I mean, the blocking from Noah Fant has to be better. The penalties, you got to cut those out, yeah. um, not just down, but you got to cut them out because a lot of them are just pre-snap stupid penalties. Obviously, a holding penalty from Eric Saubert wiped out a Javante Williams touchdown oh, run this man. weekend. So. It's tough, man. And injuries have played a factor here, too. You know, Fant came into the season struggling with an injury that was kind of obscure at the time.
time. Albert O has gone on IR for a brief stint, you know, and, and it's just been one of those things where the you want to see these guys on the field again. Like I said, with the wide receivers and running backs, you'd love to see 90 targets and, and carries between the two groups. And you'd love to see Albert O and Noah Fant be featured every single week. Obviously, there's plenty of mouths to feed in Denver. We kind of did see a little bit of that against Philadelphia, where those two tight ends were really the featured targets in the passing game. And Albert O, man. Look at what he did after the catch. That play that he made against the, the Eagles defense was outstanding, and it was fun to see. It was it was one of the most fun plays, I think, for the offense this season. And Noah Fant, we finally got to see him getting out in space. The thing is, you got two guys there that have very different skill sets to me, Cody, that neither of them have been utilized very appropriately or very effectively. The Broncos, one of the worst teams in the NFL on third down and in the red zone. So where's Alberto's red zone targets? He's That's what he was great at at Missouri. That's what Noah Fant was great at at Iowa. And you're not seeing these guys get a ton of those chances. So I feel like the Broncos are really failing in that regard and getting these guys involved. Just like a wide receiver, Noah Fant shouldn't be in there pass protecting. I agree with everyone who says, you know, well, he needs to do his job when he's asked to do that. And I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, Noah Fant is a pass catching tight end who you drafted in the first round not to block but to to receive and to catch passes and so that's i I feel like they're misusing but i think c is a fair grade based on kind of their the the production so far in combination with their usage absolutely in broncos country let us know what you think do you agree with our grades on quarterback running back offensive line tight end wide receiver let us know what your grades are for each of these offensive positions and we can't wait to interact with you in the youtube comment section but that'll wrap up today's episode lockdown broncos once again thank you so much for making lockdown broncos your first listen of the day ladies and gentlemen for your second listen go check out the peacock and williamson show here on the lockdown nfl network sarah benger myself we're gonna be back tomorrow we're gonna grade the broncos defense position by position we can't wait to share our thoughts on our analysis for you on tomorrow's episode of the show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting provider and also on YouTube. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. That way you're notified. Anytime we have a new episode, it goes up, you have access to it, and you can stay locked on. But with that said, I'm Cody Rourke speaking for my co-host, Sarah Benger. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.